Hey there. Hi. Yes. Uh, welcome to our podcast. Better. No, <laughs> uh, oh, you can say it. <laughs> Better when awkward. A podcast by us, two childhood best friends who lost touch and have reconnected during a pandemic. I'm Danny. And I'm Jasmine. We talk about all that interests us and all we have learned through life so far. So join us as we laugh, hang out, and stumble to look. <laughs> stumble to navigate life's awkwardness. Finding life to be really better when awkward. Are we recording? We're recording. We're recording officially. <laughs> despite Official. the troubles, we're here now. How you doing today? Pretty decent, I'd say. Woke up, did things I normally do, so that's been going good. And now that's, we're here recording. That's an accomplishment because this around this time, <laughs> doing normal things and not just sleeping all day is is an accomplishment. I'd say so. Yes, I do feel very accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up, had breakfast. Accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, I'm actually having a pretty good morning. I mean, other than falling asleep at 5 a.m., um... <laughs> I was up till 2 a.m. playing video games with my <laughs> friends. Um, uh, but my uh, my one of my good friends messaged me this morning and uh, said, please tell me it was a bad dream and you're not thinking about moving back to the States. And I was just like, that is the sweetest thing. Aww. <laughs> I was like, aw, made me so happy. I'm yeah, like, I don't know no. why you want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> no anticipation of moving back to the States. Nope. Nope, sorry. No yeah. offense to you. Oh no, it's a shit show. <laughs> it's a shit show. So to deal with that shit show, today we're going to be talking yes. about uh, creativity and creative outlets that both of us have, give our insights on them, and just basically have a discussion about the things that we do to keep that energy flowing. Top 10 segue. Amazing. Yes. Thank you. I worked <laughs> hard on it. Fantastic. <laughs> so I can start off if you'd like with something. Sure. So I was listening to a podcast, I think, by Brene Brown, maybe. Okay. Could have been by someone else. But it was called Unlocking Us, if it is Brene Brown. And they had someone on talking about creativity and like psychology and mm -hmm. uh resources based too so when we have a lack of resources we are more creative and when we have too many resources our creativity tends to diminish so we see now like there's a gadget for everything in your kitchen uh, like you've never yep. you don't use the same knife for everything oh, okay. there's 50 different knives it's like right see we don't need it i mean that's one small example um but it really is there was an example i used on uh, my podcast like when you're cooking and you're looking for the pot lid and you're just like mm -hmm. i can't find it anywhere but then all of yep. a sudden you're like wait a second i could use literally any anything that will cover this pot okay so it's just it's kind of like when we have so much abundance we're like oh no where's the one thing to do this one job when it's like we don't need that one thing there's so many other things we can use well okay 
I'm I'm glad you explained that because uh, from our from our document, I was like, I don't understand what you mean by resources, mm-hmm. um, and I have that is the one section I have minimal information <laughs> about mm-hmm. what that could mean, but I 100% agree. Uh-huh. So, because one of the biggest issues in my life is is certain people not um, throwing things away. Um, <laughs> Because uh. they're convinced that they're going to need it at some point. Mm. And my biggest argument to that is, is, is this thing the only way you could possibly solve that problem? Mm-hmm. Because I can guarantee you're smart enough and creative enough to figure out 50 different ways to solve your problem without having to keep all of this stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> around your place, right? So. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with with the uh, res- like the connection between resources and creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. it's definitely like like you're saying when you first read it, you're like, "What, what?" <laughs> but yeah. once yeah. you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, totally," I do that all the time, or I see that all the time. But it's yeah, it's it's so true. It is. It's a hundred percent true. And so the only thing that I have uh, written down was. Um, You've seen it, my accent wall mm-hmm. that I've done to my room. Mm-hmm. That was from a lack of resources, but a desire to have non-white walls mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I didn't paint it because I didn't want to have to repaint it when we moved, whenever that would be, because mm-hmm. I live in an apartment that we rent. So what I ended up doing was taking poster board. I think I ended up with 20-something poster boards. Um, spray painted them all with blue and then used um, like uh, art deco uh, acrylic paint from the dollar store (laughs) to paint uh, lines to make a a graphic design on my wall and then I had to tape or to glue and tape all of the poster boards together so that they wouldn't come falling down when I posted them to the wall and then nailed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, nailed the entire wall-sized poster onto uh oh, onto wow. the onto the wall. I did it in somewhat sections because otherwise it would have been impossible. But I'm very happy with it now. It is very obviously poster board, but no. It, well, I mean, I haven't seen your place in person, but through Zoom, yeah. it looks great. And I was I was shocked when you told <laughs> when you said it was poster board. I was like, what? yeah, yeah. I'm super happy with it. Because, you know, who am I trying to impress? No one. (laughs) But my desk, (laughs) my desk is up against this wall and I was so sick of looking at a white wall. Mm. (laughs) But like a lot of teenagers, you look at a teenager's room and they have posters plastered everywhere and they have like all that sort of stuff. I had none of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I just never thought about it. I never spent any time in my room. And now that my room is like my office and (laughs) my bedroom and like my space, I know I'm 25, but times are rough men <laughs> oh uh, no way live at home until you die yeah yeah <laughs> basically save some money build yeah. community yeah exactly live at home just just everyone live at home mm-hmm. <laughs> it's using less resources maybe you'll be more creative Ta-da. yes <laughs> back on topic uh i did have a question though Sure. For you. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So would you say that this accent wall 
how, how do you think it impacts your creativity or does it help you be more creative, do you think? I mean, the process of making it obviously was like a creative outlet for me mm-hmm. because it was a quarantine project. So I'm like, I want to do something, right? Um, I think it makes me more creative because I'm not sitting in here staring at nothing while I'm trying to do work and schoolwork. I have a giant cork board next to that wall and I painted that cork board all black so that it could be like another kind of statement piece. It's it's massive. Mm. It's taller than me <laughs> and wider than me. So it's kind of like a, a mini office space. So in that sense, because it like breaks up that this section of my room into like a workspace and not just like a, the, this is another part of your room. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> It, uh, it definitely would help creativity-wise. Yeah, it definitely helps to break up your one space like that. Because mm-hmm. it's, I think we both know it's like not healthy to be sitting in your bed where you're supposed to be sleeping, you know, doing all your Oof. work and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one thing. My doctor, every time I'm like, hey, I'm still not sleeping, he's like, are you doing things in your bed other than sleeping? And I'm like... No. <laughs> How did you of course that? I am. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> Games, come on. It's hard, though. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Especially when, I mean, you are sharing space with anybody else. Like, you could be at college and rooming with three other roommates, you know, and it's the mm-hmm. same thing. You you have shared spaces, but the place that you, that's your own is your bedroom. Yeah. So you got to kind of use it as a multi multi use space. Uh, it's true. When I was when I was little, I don't know if this is like when we were friends or before that, but I would put my room like in sections like that cuz I had this long bookcase that I could kind of divide the room up into so I'd have like a little living room area where I could read or watch TV and then like my desk on the other side and my bed like somewhere else. So but for me, I mean, I don't know exactly how that helped me then, but I don't know. I think... I've done it, I guess, is all I wanted to say. <laughs> I remember, the only thing I remember about your room is you having the loft bed and ah. your desk underneath the loft bed. Mm-hmm. And this was around the time that we uh, were trying to make a YouTube channel. <laughs> and I very clearly remember, I don't know if you remember the... Uh, the video we tried to make where it was just text and all of the text uh, was blonde jokes, dumb blonde jokes, because that used to be a th- like a thing that a people thing. would do. Yeah. <laughs> and they were the worst jokes. <laughs> I think we looked up half of them and then the ones that we made up made no sense. Um, <laughs> Why can't we find these videos? <laughs> I don't know, but... <laughs> I, they're somewhere deep, deep in the internet. Yes. <laughs> that would have been like, what, 2007 or something like that? I remember, I don't, there's this one joke, one joke in particular about a dumb blonde, quote unquote, <laughs> yeah. sticking a medal, like a, like a winner's medal, like a first place into her mouth and saying, I won. And I don't remember <laughs> what the premise of the joke was. That's the whole joke. But that was the whole joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It was. It was. 
it, and it couldn't have been that much because it was like two sentences long and i was like was it why, like why do we think this was funny oh <laughs> uh, flash forward to us looking back at these podcasts and being like why did we think this we was thinking? good why did we think this was funny <laughs> oh man and then we're the, that's how we learn though right yeah, that's <laughs> how we learn we start whatever whatever ends up being the new form of media in 50 years we'll do we'll do that yes <laughs> and then we'll 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 reflect on this experience we'll be your <laughs> vr guides to the virtual reality <laughs> experience Come join us. <laughs> It'll be just holograms. <laughs> like people people make full on holograms and it's just like they watch people just talk in their bedroom. Oh, That'll that's be so us. weird. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think we're that far from that, honestly. Yeah, probably but... not. I mean, they've got like hologram concerts. Of, yeah. Which is. Yeah weird and problematic in and of itself but <laughs> uh, terrifying yeah <laughs> um uh maybe maybe we'll, we'll we'll bring it back to task here <laughs> okay yeah what were we talking about <laughs> uh creative outlets um okay let's move on let's move on to something that i'm i'm a very big proponent of is that mm-hmm. is that the 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 verbiage the phrasing I don't know. Um, Let's see. The the myth that you have to be good at something to do it, which is something that one I struggle with because uh, you know I'm still trying to break down that perfectionist side of me, where it's mm-hmm. like you need to be good, you need to be the best at this, or <laughs> it's not worth doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the on the flip side, I'm like no don't have to be good at this thing you just do it because you want to do it so mm-hmm. <laughs> which is actually my like new year new year's resolution is to just do the thing whatever the thing is just do it stop thinking about it just do it to do it because you're always going to talk yourself out of doing something rather than talk yourself into doing something hmm. i mean everyone uses the phrase like no one starts good at anything which kind of frustrates me because a lot of people start out pretty good at a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I think that's what a lot of perfectionists kind of think when, when someone says no one starts good at anything. It's like, well, sometimes people do start good at stuff. Some pe- some people have just natural talents for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I guess what I'm trying to say is you don't, you don't need to care. If you're doing if you're doing a creative project, I'd say ninety percent of the time you're doing that creative project for you, mm-hmm. and not for the approval of others. Other people, not you're not trying to impress other people. At least that's the that's the mindset you should have mm-hmm. when you're doing these types of projects. You if you're doing a creative project to satisfy other people, you're not going to get the the creative release from it. Mm-hmm. because you're just going to be so worried about making something that fits what other people expect you to do. I don't know. I just find it, I think one of those things about art that I just find so relieving, because I do painting and drawing and, and all those sorts of sorts of things, is like I'm doing those things because I enjoy doing it, and 
like I'm always going to see where there's flaws in what I'm doing. Well, like any other any any sort of artist, you're gonna always see the cracks, right? Like you're always gonna see where you could have done better, where's there a problem. Even if you're a professional, you're looking at this and being like, oh, this is not perfect. Mm-hmm. So what is the point at that at that moment? Like what's the point of saying this isn't good enough? Because mm-hmm you're not doing it to get the end product, right? You're get, you're doing it to for the experience of doing it. And I think that's what you really have to focus on anytime you're doing like a podcast or drawing or painting or or knitting. I knit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old lady. I knit. Um mm-hmm. but it's it's an entirely like individual process. So there's no right or wrong, right? Because even if you sit 100 people in a room and you say, draw this person, or even simpler than that, draw this, uh, dr- draw this marble or something, something insignificant, you're going to get 100 different sketches of that thing from mm-hmm. different perspectives, from different skill levels, from different interpretations because everything is an interpretation everything is perception right so how can you say that something is right and something is wrong when there's no two things that are the same you can't say that something's right and wrong when there's no consistency right Mm -hmm. so I think that's the one thing that I find really relieving about doing any sort of creative project or art is that you can't be wrong and so the perfectionist side of me is like well if I can't be wrong I can do whatever I want because Mm -hmm. there's no correct way to do this and it's just it's so rare that you have something in life where it's like you can do whatever you want and you're not wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) people might tell you you're wrong classically trained artists might say no there's a correct way to do that Mm -hmm. and they're just you know, they're just trying to be gatekeepers. I I get yeah. it. I get it. But at the same time, like, you could just ignore them. When you when you have that mindset, you can just be like, eh, you're wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have that that experience. I think I do. Maybe not to the extent, like, perfectionism I'm talking about, but... Mm-hmm. I've definitely had moments where I'm like, oh, I can't put this out because it's not perfect or whatever it may be. Or I have to keep working on it until it's there. My mind is like, oh, it's not good enough, so I can't put it out. Um, And for me, what I've been trying to learn and understand and practice, I guess, is that there's no such thing as perfect and perfection Mm -hmm. and I mean even just to redefine it is everything that I do if it's my best work if I'm putting like my most heart into it that's that's perfection because the mistakes are how we learn and grow and can Mm -hmm. create new things so for me to really kind of reframe the word and just look at how that word in our culture and society too like puts that constraint on us so that we Mm -hmm. it's a way to stop creatives 
Yes. And yeah. like your whole gatekeeping thing with classically trained artists or whatever, mm-hmm. that's also a way to stop creatives and stop artists. And I, I, I might argue that the reason that these classically trained artists are so like gatekeeper-y is because <laughs> they're also being suppressed in yeah. their creative abilities, so they need to suppress other people. I would agree with that 100%, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's very difficult to do because we are born into and bred into this culture and society that tells us from the second we're born, like, you got to be perfect or it's Mm -hmm. not worth it or, you know, but it's like the, it's not the end product. It's not the end result. It's like the thing that we're doing. Yes, to release you know whatever it is inside of us yeah well that's that's just it is is so so much of the world is focused on what do you produce what do you create like what do you make Mm -hmm. and less about like the process of making the thing or creating the thing and i that's that's probably a product of a certain type of society Mm -hmm. that uh i (laughs) haven't thought too much into on purpose (laughs) because it is too depressing Um, (laughs) uh, but uh, yeah I think we could do a whole podcast on perfection perfectionism Mm. especially from a psychology I have it written down (laughs) (laughs) Uh, especially from like a psychology perspective Mm. um if we go back to that uh, gatekeeping thing, mm. one of the things that I find the most frustrating with gatekeeping is even I think I'm just preventing myself or or having this idea that I don't know if anyone's actually ever said this to me or if I just kind of have developed this idea, but the idea that if you don't spend all of your time doing something or if you don't actively try to get better at something then you're you're failing or you're not doing it well like for example if if you if you're learning to play an instrument right this might be a a, a strained example but if you're learning to play an instrument a lot of people you know this because we were both musicians mm-hmm. and that's how we met but when you're learning to play an instrument they tell you that you have to practice constantly, like incessantly to be any good at it. And I don't think anyone ever tells you, hey, you, you can do this thing for the enjoyment of, of doing this thing without having to be good at it. Mm. So with like, for example, I picked up guitar because I was super stressed out with school and work and everything like that. I started really getting into uh, learning guitar and I didn't do like the classical things. I didn't like learn scales. I didn't do, um, I didn't do like workbooks like we had been taught to do when we learned how to play trumpet and other instruments and things like that. And I'm just like, I'm just doing this so that I can enjoy doing this thing. And I guess people would say to me, they're like, oh, if you don't, if you don't know how to do scales, you don't know how to do anything. Mm. Right. So there, a lot of people say like, what, what's the point of, of, of doing these things if you're not going to uh, try to be good at them? Mm. And 
Personally, for me, I have too many interests <laughs> to spend all of my time trying to be good at them <laughs> rather than just kind of doing whatever I feel like. Like, mm -hmm. I on my list here, I have 15 different creative projects that I like to work on, and I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily good at any of them, but I enjoy doing them, mm -hmm. and that's, I think, what matters. And I don't know about you. Have you ever had this kind of experience where people, you know, you hear people talk about having to put in their 10,000 hours, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you don't spend all of your time developing a skill or a craft, it's not worthwhile. And I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would really disagree with all of that. And like you were saying too about <laughs> the gatekeeping, it just seems more like a, a symptom of, someone that's been gatekept themselves you know like mm -hmm. you can only do it if you're super committed to doing it mm -hmm. but i mean george and i both but george really uh, my partner he has kind of taken on this mentality that he's gonna work a little bit every day or every other day at this thing he wants to get better at and mm -hmm. he's been really doing that for like a year and a half or so. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly mm -hmm. sure because it's time. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't think I've ever – and he's he, he's literally doing like a half hour of piano a day or, right. you know, an hour of writing or practicing mm -hmm. language or something like that. Um, short periods of time, but every day. Right. And I mean, really, it's he's not like when he started, he did not know how to play piano. And now right. he's playing music. Mm -hmm. And I see him every day now, like leaps and bounds better at what he set out to do and like wanted to do. Right. In so a relatively short amount of time and just with the consistency of doing it like granted both of us have our lives set up in a way that we don't have to work for somebody else a whole mm -hmm. lot and the pandemic like kind yeah. of gave us a lot more I mean, it definitely gave us a lot more time too but it's not like he doesn't he didn't start out being good at piano and mm -hmm. now he's probably better than I am now you know I think what matters most is like he's doing it because he really enjoys it and then he consistently mm -hmm. works at it and mm -hmm. he does make those mistakes but that's how we do get better like he wouldn't be in this place if he wasn't if he decided that he had to be at least at this certain place playing piano before he could even start right and there's I think there's two two kind of thoughts I have there it's yes if you're doing something for the purpose of I want to get better at this thing that can be rewarding in itself mm. obviously I'm not saying you can't uh try to get better at something mm -hmm. um I'm just saying that it's not necessarily a requirement but I do see how in a lot of situations I'll, I'll do this too it's like sometimes you want to get better at something so that you can express yourself better Mm, so mm. so like for example when I'm when I'm working the one thing I've been doing the longest is drawing and painting mm -hmm. um and I would not say that I work at it every day um 
because the way that I kind of learn is that I'll pick up tips here and there from various sources. And then the next time that I do a thing, I try to incorporate that tip. Mm. And then once I understand it, which is how I do most things, I just kind of observe and understand. Um, I, I slowly get better. I would mm -hmm. say that if I had been doing what George was doing, you know, half hour every day working at something, I'd be probably pretty good at that by now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't draw because I, I, I need to be good at drawing. I draw mm -hmm. because it just feels like the thing that I need to be doing at that moment that makes me feel good because it's a, a creative itch, which mm -hmm. is a whole thing I could talk about is that idea of a creative itch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's so frustrating to me. I don't know if that's something you experience. I don't know. Um, I feel like with, uh, well, I do want to say something real quick about the mm -hmm. piano thing. Then I'll come right back to that. I just sure. wanted to say that I think more the thing that I was trying to get across was like, He did a cons he's doing it consistently because he's enjoying it mm -hmm. and because right. he's doing it for the enjoyment mm -hmm. that's how he's been able to progress so much now like okay he's, yes, yeah that makes sense so yeah. yeah that wasn't clear before but yeah I think it's because he's doing it for himself mm -hmm. that he's been able to get so far and yeah the consistency helps but it's like he's doing it so much because he enjoys it right and he's seeing the progress and it's like all self-fulfilling kind of it's feeding mm -hmm. itself yeah um self-fulfilling that's yes. the word i like that word yes yes yeah i mean it is it's beneficial it is, yeah. to us in every sense of the way it's mm -hmm. mind-blowing that we've gotten away from that and i don't know <laughs> whole nother topic but um so your question was if i had um any issues getting like my thoughts or whatever I'm picturing out like mm -hmm. creatively so I know we've talked about this before but I'll just kind of go over it real quick um with my aphantasia which is um I don't right. have a very strong mind's eye so when you can picture your mom's face or someone you love's face and you can picture it in your mind I have kind of a blank slate there I try and there's nothing there or it's a very furry fuzzy picture it's not like a picture mm -hmm. um so the way that I uh remember and kind of visualize quote-unquote things is through like just cat like taking a big list of all these things and my mom has blue eyes she has brown curly hair her face is kind of round and looks like this like those are Mm -hmm. I just name the traits. So I think my creative outlets are reflective of that in like I don't have pictures in my mind that I'm trying to recreate on paper. So for me I can't really relate so much in like the picture sense, but yeah, of course. Yeah, I was going to say my creative outlet is writing. Mm -hmm. And okay. I think because my entire life I've had aphantasia um I've kind of or aphantasia I'm not sure how it's pronounced um but not important <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so and I've also been writing since I was very young 
Mm -hmm. So I kind of honed that skill and how I get exactly what I have in my mind out into words and on paper. Um, right. I've kind of honed that skill for a while, so I don't really struggle. I mean, of course, yeah, sometimes I'm like, uh, how do I say this? But it's not like, it's not mm -hmm. frustrating for me too much. Right. Um, however, I can definitely see and understand and kind of like sympathize with the way that I get frustrated too when I can't find the right words, you know? Yeah. So I get, I get this sort of, not so much frustration that I'm not good at something, but just in general, I get this kind of like, like itch where it's like, I need to do something and I'm not always sure what that is. And I'm not sure if mm. that's like, uh, you know, a mental illness kind of thing or, or if it's just a, a personality trait kind of thing, because sometimes they're really hard to tell apart <laughs> when you've had mental illness for almost your entire life. And, um, <laughs> But I would say, like, it's 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 like an itch. It's uh, it's sometimes you know when you you get an itch and you can't find it. Do you ever get that that feeling? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. I'm like, sometimes I'll just lay there and do nothing because I'm like, I want to do something, but I don't know yeah. what it is. So maybe that's yeah. more. That's it. That's yeah, exactly what I mean. Is like I I know. Um, I know I need to do something. I have mm -hmm. this. I have this drive to do something. But it's it also seems very difficult to like get up and do the thing. Mm. <laughs> but also like I think that's kind of where I I get this like bouncing around to different um different creative projects kind of thing because since I'm not doing it to get good at it I'm doing it for that to satisfy that kind of creative itch. So I'll I'll start a project or I'll I'll do a project and then. I won't pick up that same project again for a year, maybe. Mm -hmm. Like like guitar, I played almost every day for a year and then stopped doing it so that I could learn another skill, do another thing, um, because the guitar wasn't satisfying the itch at that time. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you get you get inspiration, right? So you, you, you see things and you're like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. I want to do that thing. Let's go do that thing. I think a lot of people would be upset because I'm like, I have a lot of unfinished projects. But I know that eventually I'm going to pick that thing up again and I'm going to finish it. It's not stressing me out to not have finished it, which I think a lot of people look down on that. They say, oh, you never finish anything. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing it to finish it. I'm not doing it to make mm -hmm. a thing. <laughs> I'm doing it for the process of doing the thing. So, so like I, during quarantine, took up knitting, which I mentioned, um, and I made a scarf, which I'm very proud of obviously, because I've shown it to you like four times. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I started another one and didn't, I haven't finished it because I started picking up another hobby. So like I've been really into cooking recently and like being really creative with my cooking and trying different things. And I also have the painting that I'm working on, which I've been working on for a year <laughs> and it's, and it's not done. I don't know if you've ever done this where you get hyper-focused on things. Uh, yeah, I've experienced it. I wouldn't say like, it happens super often for me, but yeah. Like, sometimes if I'm working on a drawing or I'm really into whatever project I'm working on, I'll start at, like, 9 o'clock at night, and all of a sudden it's 4 in the morning, and I had no recollection of that time passing mm. but because uh, I'm just so hyper-focused on it. Sometimes I think maybe that's ADHD. 
not important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, I find it super enjoyable because it's kind of like meditative, mm-hmm. like to work on something and just solely focus all of your attention on that one thing, which like when you're doing work or some, some other sort of task where it's super satisfying, like uh, like schoolwork or something like that, like even if you're enjoying it, your brain is still pulled into like 15 different directions because you have a lot of stuff to consider. Mm. Whereas like when you're, maybe when you're writing, I'm not sure, when 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 I'm drawing, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm like, I need to figure out how to put this line in, in this way. And I like a lot of times I'm using like some sort of reference and I'm like, and I have to be very observant about, you know, okay, the shadow is coming from this direction and this needs to be darker than this section and, and things like that. So sometimes that is the most satisfying thing to just all of a sudden get out of a six hour drawing session and just be like, ah, breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like the itch is gone. I feel so good. Um, and sometimes I'm like, this thing is pretty cool that I made. Or sometimes I'm like, eh, it's not that cool, but I had fun doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so. And really, that's the important part. Like you were saying how people might look down on your unfinished projects, but it's like, wh- why do you care? Like, what, how does mm-hmm. this, how is this affecting you? It seems like you're taking on this weird stress on something that is fully only for me. Yep. So stop putting your problem about, <laughs> I don't even know, onto me. Yeah. Um, I yeah, love pointing so, that out to people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, again, probably like they maybe don't feel like they are allowed to do that, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, yep. everything's, I don't know, I just constantly see things as projections. So. Oh, yeah. I, I would yeah. say most conflict is projection. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least the vast majority of conflict <laughs> is just projecting your own issues onto other people in situations, um, yes. which is something really hard to remember when you get angry. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because feelings are involved and those are messy. So. Right, right, right. What was the last thing that you said about the, like, drawing when you come out of it? That it's... Uh, like felt better meditative satisfying oh yes meditative yeah so when you were talking about how you just kind of zone everything out immediately mm-hmm. I was like oh that's mindfulness mm-hmm. and um really like that's why I meditate is to learn the practice of mindfulness right yeah I think what came to my mind was maybe if I mean and this is this I guess a suggestion that you can give or take and like use whenever you're able, uh, but is to try to bring that mindfulness and focus into just everything that you do. Because, I mean, you see how much relief that it gives you when you do have those six hours. But imagine like if you were doing that all day and maybe it's not as hyper-focused, but yeah, I mean, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, But that's, for me, like, the 20 minutes that I take meditating to just do that mm-hmm. has allowed me to do that in other things in my life. But I'm not saying, like, it's so, so easy now because I meditated for 20 minutes. It's just like, oh, okay, like, I have that skill in the back of my mind. So whenever mm-hmm. I'm feeling like, uh, I could just be like, oh, hold on. Like, what am I doing right now? Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that 
that makes a lot of sense. I think may, that could be like related to why I bounce around to so many different creative projects is that it is a sense of like practicing mindfulness and kind of meditative mm. is that instead of just doing nothing I can I can more easily fixate on something like mm -hmm. doing one thing that I really really am just really into don't get me wrong I've definitely done the meditation thing you you, you like to point out that I don't do it consistently <laughs> I, I, <laughs> which is fair 100% <laughs> fair um, because I, I don't do very many things consistently in life which I don't necessarily see as a problem Mm -hmm. Maybe it is. That's uh, that's up. That's up to the gods. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um. Hey, there's no one way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah. There's there's a there's a part of me that's like, I need to do creative projects for mindfulness and and you know get satisfy that itch. But also, it's it's cool to do things. You know. Oh it, yeah. Like it's a hobby. you, yeah, it's a hobby, but it's like the fact that I have so many different things that I like to do. It's more that I can just like kind of look back and be like, oh man, yeah, there was a point in my life where I was really into this thing. I don't know. I think a lot of people do a lot more social things than I do. Hmm. I could be wrong, but a lot of people can look back and be like, oh man, you remember that time we did this crazy thing? And I'm like, I don't have that kind of experience. One, because I am terrible at remembering my own life. I can't remember what I did 20 minutes ago. Well, I was podcasting 20 minutes ago, but <laughs> you get the point. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I can look back at creative projects and be like, I remember doing that thing. But if I try to look back and try to remember hanging out with a friend or something like that, not no information there which might be problematic for our podcast <laughs> because I feel you'll be like oh hey remember that time I we did that thing and I'll be like no <laughs> I have no hey, recollection but it, it, it could work out because <laughs> we could still if you don't remember it it's an excuse to explain it because it could be that's someone's true. first episode so that's true you're not it wrong it can be helpful you're uh, not wrong well so, I was I was just gonna say real quick like the way that you're talking about what other people or most people do and like they spend their time socially and that's the things they remember rather than like the doing creative things on their own. I think that is the reason you're thinking like what you do is not normal is because our culture has normalized being social and being like an independent person who's yeah. out with other independent people. Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I mean, I don't want you to have to think of yourself as, like, abnormal or, like, going against the grain when so many people think that. And it's right. probably right. more people that do and don't feel like they fit in because right. of the stupid norm. But, Norms. yeah, it's, like, totally valid and it matters how you feel afterwards, you know? True. Not what true. the thing you're doing. You're, you're right. You're, you're correct. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's with most things. Yeah. It's just what's the norm? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> do I fit that norm? Probably not because I don't think most people actually fit norms. I think they kind of come out of well, I don't know. Lies. <laughs> Lies. <Thin air>. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Media having built mm -hmm. 
things that aren't true. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but that that's why I think it's important to talk about, like, these For creative sure. outlets, too, because so many people do feel abnormal, you know, quote unquote. So so what are what are other than writing? What are your creative outlets? Uh, so what I had put down originally was like building or making things with my hands. So I like sewing, uh, mm-hmm. like hand sewing or like if I was like building something with wood or things like that. Um, I never pictured you as someone who built things with wood. But then again, <laughs> I think my perception of you mostly is built on us as a young, like mm-hmm. 14-year-old. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, so totally. Probably, I think most of my my uh, preconceived notion of you is probably very incorrect. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, to the person that I am now, but uh, yeah. same thing with you, you know. Yeah. I mean, I could say about my perception of you. Um, and then I could argue, like, maybe I just literally didn't have the resources at that time to do that specific thing. So I, true. how would I even have known um, Very true. But, yeah, I mean, I really haven't had the biggest opportunities even now to do that, but I do feel, like, some satisfaction, like, I'm currently, well, I've been for, like, months, <laughs> um, uh, like, redoing this cabinet that we had in the bathroom, because we redid the whole bathroom, and this last piece is, like, Ooh. the cabinet, but it's been so cold so i just haven't done it for months <laughs> Fair. yeah <laughs> winter yes <laughs> like we live midwest like winter is cold. like nine months <laughs> yeah dude uh, um yeah so that is that but then another thing that i didn't even think of which i don't know why maybe because i am not doing it currently but music I I keep saying I want to get back to trumpet, which is how we met and the first Mm -hmm. instruments we played. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I have mine. I have my violin still from high school, but fuck that. Oh, (laughs) right. No, I remember now that you you dropped trumpet and picked up violin. I remember, whoa, that just came (laughs) lying back to me, me thinking, like, what are you doing? Why did we just spend the last couple of years playing trumpet if you're just going to drop it and play violin? Yeah, I just, I mean, I was so confused at that point in my life. Well, of course. No, now it makes perfect sense. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But but then me being on that one track of like, but we were just doing that for years. That was our thing. What are you doing? Mm. (laughs) Why did you, why did you switch? But now a lot of things were switching up at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah (laughs) it makes total sense now 100 percent. yeah but i mean yeah fuck the violin for me because that hurts and it's too hard but (laughs) uh yeah i wanted to get back into playing the trumpet Mm -hmm. um because i really love that instrument i think it's a beautiful instrument and i miss playing it um but also like piano i've been kind of on and off playing for years uh Mm -hmm. so those are things that i'm yeah, I probably have like an itch to do because they're like, I definitely want to be doing that. I just mm-hmm. have other things that I'm trying to like sort of in my life before I can fit in those 20 minutes a day or whatever to yeah. do. Yeah, 100% for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Nothing else is coming up to my mind, but that was a big one that I seem to have just <laughs> not <laughs> even recognized. 
Well, that's just it. Is sometimes you'll have a conversation with someone and, and they'll be like, oh, what do you like to do? And your brain just kind of goes blank because <laughs> you're just like, what what do I like to do? <laughs> yeah. so, so writing this, like writing out uh, the preparation for this podcast, I was just like, what? I know I have a lot of hobbies. What are they? I don't even know. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you just kind of pick things up and you're like, oh, yeah, this is the thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't defi- you don't define yourself by like, your the hobbies you like right? to do mm-hmm. and the things you like to do which is technically what you should probably be defining yourself yeah. with but that you know <laughs> culture <laughs> culture <laughs> <Yes>. exactly <laughs> they they like to choose some other things that's a great point did you have any other pro- any projects any other thing outlets Creative you wanted things. to um no there wasn't anything else if you did you want to go somewhere else with that, or I was going to expand on something? No, go ahead and expand on it. Something I've learned recently about myself uh, with my creative outlet. Uh, so I think writing has always been my go-to mm-hmm. form of creativity. Creativity. <laughs> create. Creativity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like I was saying, when I was young, I, that that's what I did. I wrote a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have like a whole bunch of books and like stories that I wrote from when I was younger. I think probably before we met. I don't know. Once we started hanging out, I was kind of just we were. That's what we were doing all the time. Where when I was younger, I was alone a lot, so I wrote stories. Um, but I think that helped me a lot. Um, so there was this big point in time because I didn't realize that that was like a creative outlet or something that I used to express myself just something that I did and liked doing Mm -hmm. so there was a long time in my life where I wasn't writing at all and it wasn't until maybe like freshman year of high school or sophomore year of high school so like 14 15 maybe 16 years old I started journaling Mm mm-hmm and that at that time was the only like writing that I was doing for myself um and I was going through some rough times then so it was really helping me work through all of that I didn't realize it like that mm-hmm. uh, but that yeah was the only thing I was doing and at times like I'd, I I would kind of go in and out of it so I'd journal when I felt like I needed to get something out and I would do Mm -hmm. it for, you know, a couple months or maybe a couple years or something. Um, And I would just come back to it. And now like seeing that point in my life, like it kind of all coincided where I was feeling really at a low point in my life and I wasn't doing this one thing that Mm -hmm. I was able to express myself with. Um, So it is just kind of interesting being on this side now where now I'm, writing creative creatively like for something mm-hmm. um because I, I I don't journal as much now and I haven't been journaling for maybe a year or so um but yeah just now seeing like writing is my creative thing it, mm-hmm. it was so interesting just how the lack of it coincided with that point in my life where I was depressed and anxious and how I was still using writing whether I knew it or not as a creative right. outlet no that is interesting because mm-hmm. uh yeah I 
I wonder if there's there's a there's a, a causative um, effect there um, because it's definitely correlated. But uh, <laughs> I yeah, because I mean I think well, when low point is in most of my life, um, <laughs> and I mean I've been doing creative things for most of my life, uh, so I don't think I don't think uh, for me that uh, the lack of creativity was a causative factor, but um, I could definitely see how it would be for a lot of people. And maybe that goes back to the resources thing where like, if you have far too few resources, which I know a lot of people do because I mean, we've, I've been in that position before where it's, mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to do anything because you're just so stressed uh, about just, you know, making ends meet and, mm -hmm all of those sort of things but i could definitely see how just the lack of having any sort of creative outlet could could lead to you know uh mental health issues and mm -hmm. and things like that Interesting. yeah uh yeah i do want to say about the resources and creativity thing in the beginning obviously you have to have like your mm -hmm. basic needs met before mm -hmm. you can say that a lack of resources leads to more creativity, right? Oh, for sure. Don't get me wrong, though. Some people with the with the least amount of resources are some of the most creative. People. Some of the most creative people because mm -hmm. you have to be. Like yeah. sometimes you have to figure out how to make these make <laughs> make life okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> figure out how to keep yourself alive with with almost nothing. It's like you know, and sometimes people go into the woods. And they, they're like, I'm just bringing this one backpack and I'm going to live off the land and then I'm going to do this crazy thing. Similar to that, mm -hmm. that's a chosen life. <laughs> but aside from the one that most people, well, not most people, but a lot of people are living uh, in just straight poverty. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Actually, I do, I retract what I just said because, yeah, you just proved that point that like, yeah. no, you you have there's even more reason to be creative when we yeah. don't have any resources yeah so yeah forget what, what I, I just said well i mean you're right you're uh, right yeah. in the same sense because there there's there's the creativity that you have to do where mm -hmm. you have to figure out this problem mm. which can still be stressful and then there's the creative outlets where like you know it, if you want to write sometimes you know you have to have pencil and paper you have to have a computer mm -hmm. you have to have some sort of way of doing that mm -hmm. which you know Yes, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So there's 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 new I think that brings up the point. Yeah, that brings up the point of 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 multiple types of creativity, right? Mm, mm. Um because there's the creativity where it's like I'm I'm making some sort of art and then there's the creativity where like you need to solve a problem and mm -hmm. you need to look at it from multiple uh multiple angles. You get mm -hmm. into that that idea of uh, divergent thinking, and uh, that that's a concept I could go into for a long time, and in from a from a neuroscience perspective, mm -hmm. uh, maybe I will not in this episode because we're <laughs> already at an hour, but <laughs> but uh, it is it is super interesting because you start to take a look at like things like um, uh, hallucinogenic drugs and and things like that, and how the 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 patterns in the brain are very similar to when people are being creative and. Things mm -hmm. like that, but I digress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, yeah. There's. I think in this episode we're talking more about 
creative outlets that we choose to do rather mm-hmm. than the out of necessity the creativity out of necessity um because those are those are pretty different things um mm-hmm. and when you go, when you think about resources there's uh i think we're talking from a limited uh, spectrum mm-hmm. of like some resources to too many resources Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not talking about the extremes where between poverty and billionaires, I don't think that's where we're talking. I yeah. think we're talking very much middle class <laughs> resource access. But, mm. uh, you know, I, I think if we if we keep it on track with um, creative outlets that we choose to do, I I find myself to be very blessed that I have had the ability throughout my life to try so many different things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I recognize that I have maybe a bit of an advantage um, over some people because of, like, my, I would say my father specifically, mm. because he has always been this creative, constantly making things kind of person. And so all of those resources were accessible to me mm-hmm. all of my life, right? So uh, if I said to him, I want to make this thing. The next day I could be making that thing where mm. a lot of people I know from just having, you know, talking to people that they did not have that same experience. And so I, I know that my life may be a little bit weird in that sense is that I had this person, this adult person where I could say, I want to make a thing and then mm-hmm. they could make it happen. So yeah. I feel very lucky for that. Uh-huh. So uh, <laughs> closing closing thoughts. Let's uh Closing, closing thoughts. thoughts. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway and the thing that I would keep in my mind is that creativity is for you mm-hmm. and for nobody else. Um, and I think just the, sh- the, the mindset that it isn't just for you and it is for other people is problematic and just mm-hmm. and also like a, a product of this society that we live in agreed to see it as a product you know yeah well um, yeah C- capitalism everything is production yes. <laughs> make yeah. things make things <laughs> mm-hmm. or else you have no value or your value is only to make things <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah exactly and <laughs> yeah that's how we become a depressed and anxious society like we've yeah. been yeah. at it for 500 years and yeah this is where we are so 100%. um i think yeah the the best thing that you could do is to there's like there is science behind this like mm-hmm. we've gone yeah. about this way like okay if you're gonna say that we can't do this well we'll give you science to tell us that this is the most way it's like yeah. We've known these for forever, but capitalism has made it so that we have to go through this legitimate, scientific way to find out the things that we already knew, like, right? And yes, yeah. anciently, of course, know? yeah. So, uh-huh. I think the best thing that anybody could do is like just do what makes them happy. I mean, of course, as long as you're not hurting other people, yeah. Um, and this do it without like this perfectionist mindset where it has to be a certain way because you you can't even say what this certain way is yeah exactly whatever you do is how you wanted to do it 
I think so. I think that leads into into my closing thoughts. My my closing thoughts is just my my New Year's resolution is just do the thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> do the thing to do the thing. <laughs> yes, just you just, just gotta start. Just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to like Nike had it right. Just like just do it. <laughs> or what was what's that meme? Uh, <laughs> with the <laughs> with um <laughs> what's his name. <laughs> Transformers. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. That's it. Shia LaBeouf. Where is that meme? He's like, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> just make it happen for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's true. Just 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 do it. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Just, just start. Just if you want to be a person who does creative things do creative things yeah if you're looking for a sign to do that thing that you're thinking about doing this is the sign do this the thing do this it. is it you we're can. telling you you can you do can it. do it you can do it <laughs> it doesn't matter how much time you put into it it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how committed you are even mm-hmm. if it's gonna make you happy exactly. we need that we need you to be happy, so do that. We we say this with the uh, with the with the grain of salt. So it's like if you're looking to you know ki- kill someone or or in other as words, harm or maim, affect. Do others. not do that. Yes, <laughs> but if you know if you want to take up uh, uh, painting, do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> do yes. that. That's a thing you can do. <laughs> as long if it if it you know. It, don't don't ruin anyone else's life. This mm-hmm. that this is not the sign for that. That is yes. not what we're saying. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well. Thank you tons for listening to us talk at you today. We really appreciate you and would love any support you can give us. That's right. So if you enjoyed this episode today, please support us by either rating and reviewing or subscribing or following. Sharing with your friends and family, your neighborhood dog, or your alien, or giving us your money on Patreon. Oh yeah, we'd love your money, actually. (laughs) That link and the links to all our socials and email will be in the episode notes. That's for when you can't get enough of us. Oh, because I'm sure that'll happen. Oh, it it will. (laughs) Be sure to tune in in two weeks to listen to us talk at you. Tune in in two weeks. (laughs) Thanks again for listening.